And you're very welcome to episode 111 of the Irish Photography Podcast. And today we're talking to Robert Mulraney from Caves of Ireland. I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back, relax, and listen about cameras, gear, settings, stories, and all things photography. Join Dermot and Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go. And you're very welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. I'm Darren, I'm your host this evening. I'm joined as ever by Dermot in Limerick. Dermot, how are you getting on, buddy? I'm doing really well, Darren. Um, delighted to be back on the podcast. We had a bit of a week break, you know, I, was kind of, I think it was yes. kind of deserved, deserved. We've gone close to two years without missing a Friday, but if I'm being totally honest, Darren, I welcomed the break. The fact that yeah. I didn't have to edit a podcast kind of gave me a sense of freedom. And I think we need to kind of start out our schedule a small bit moving forward, but we'll talk more about that. But for now, we have a special guest on today. Who have we got, Darren? We have a very special guest on this evening. It's a person I think that, you know, we'll be very interested to learn more about what he does. I find out, is it a passion? Is it a hobby? Or is it actually, you know, something he does from a professional point of view? We're talking this evening to Robert Mulraney from Caves of Ireland. Robert, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. It's good to be here. Good, no, good, yeah, good. We're excited to talk to you this evening. I think, you know, there's a a number of things really that, you know, we'd like to be able to learn more about. And I suppose even thinking about that, you know, as by the title would say, it's caves, so it's caves of Ireland. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you are a person that goes into caves. There's a name for that. You'll tell us what that is during the podcast. (laughs) But, you know, to start off, I suppose, really, from a photography point of view, did you start off as a photographer and then take up, going into caves or was it the caves first and the photography came after that no actually first um it was very definitely photography um i would have been taking photos since as a kid with a sort of point and shoot film camera back in the day and still have that actually uh, thing. <laughs> but um uh, yeah i would have been doing that and i would have been i guess i would have moved into landscape photography nearly exclusively i would have been doing landscapes and uh yeah, I kind of got I kind of got bored taking photos. Um, kind of the, my passion for it kind of waned about ten or twelve years ago. I think I got bored with the digital format. Really, um, hmm. you know, I'd go off outdoors, take take a load of photos, and come back with a hundred raw files that all looked the same. And uh, yeah, I kind of got strained with it, you know. So it was around then about I think about seven years ago I started caving properly, and uh, I decided. Yeah, this is the place to take a camera, really, you know. But actually, it's, it's really not a place to take a camera. It's a terrible place to take a camera. But, uh, but uh, I, I was persevered in two or three cameras later. I'm still doing it. So, um, yeah, it was just an opportunity to take photos that not many people take, you know, especially in Ireland where there's very little, you know, yeah. on that front. So so, t- so tell me this. So why go cave diving or cave diving do you hear me <laughs> go caving oh, like, you know, <laughs> oh, well, like, oh, I'm not crazy <laughs> why, why do we why do you why are you drawn to these caves these tight spaces these this place is obviously not for people with claustrophobia in any way shape or form so I like the excitement kind of style of it I, I'd love to give it a go but what's so appealing to it that draws you there all the time um I guess it's just I'm into I'm into the outdoors I'm into Walking, climbing, all this sort of stuff, and to me, this is just 
it's an extension of that, but it's also at the end of the day, it's really just uh, you know, it is exciting, it is fun, but it's really just um, it's an experience I don't get anywhere else in life. Um, you know, I, I can the only thing I can actually compare it to is is diving. It's it's like I've only dived once, but um, mm. like similar to that, it's like an experience that you just you don't get anywhere else. It's a unique sure. world that you enter into, and um, yeah, you just can't replicate it. It's just everything is different. You're you're the sights are different, the smells, the sound, you know, you just see things that you don't see anywhere else um, on the planet or, you know, Ooh. so it's just that to keep coming to it. It's like a childlike excitement to get out of it. You know, so. <laughs> Lovely answer. And I, and I suppose, you know, when you are going into the cave, as you say, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different experience. And I think, yeah. number one, you wouldn't want to be claustrophobic anyway. So no. Go into an area like that. But <laughs> You have to have your wits about you when you're going down there, obviously from your own safety point of view, but then you're bringing a camera. So God, I suppose the question then is, what type of photography is it? Like, is it landscape photography? Is it scientific photography? Is it exploration or something like that? Or because you're actually doing an action sport, is it sports photography? What type of photography do you do when you're in the cave, let's just say? Yeah, I guess... Uh I guess it encompasses all of those to some extent. There's, there's very definitely people who take photos in caves for different reasons for recording scientific uh, things being done. People who um, are trying to record the sport and the moment. Um, for me, I think, for me, what I enjoy is, while I like to capture a, sport, a sports element, it's really a, 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 an extension of landscape photography. Um, you'll see in any of my photos, or rather in all of my photos, there's always a person in it. So that might in some way take away from a landscape photo mm-hmm. effect. You know, you don't usually have people in landscape photos, but for caves, the scale is so difficult to understand that you, yes. the person is kind of a plant to give you that, to, to draw you in and show you the scale, you know? So for me, it's very much a form of landscape photography. That's what I like to think of it as, um, mm. but also True. encompassing other elements, sports and exploration and so on, you know? Any, any scientific discoveries that you've made? Gone down there. Um, there's always things that have been found of, of various uh, different value. Let's say I was away in India last, yeah, last year on expedition to Meghalaya in the northeast of India, and the, you know, there they have they have um, big proper caves. You know, yeah. you don't need to worry Magic about claustrophobia there, but uh, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful caves, and uh, constantly every year it's been every year just kilometers discovered and. Um, Last year, we, the team I was on um, discovered a cave that was about 115 meters deep and about three kilometers long. And in wow. the very bottom of it, it was um, the very bottom of it had pools with fish, and uh, those fish are now basically they've been identified as the biggest cave fish in the world. They're wow, yeah, they're enormous blind fish, fully adapted to living in caves. So. So huge potential, you know. Wow. Again, like like with diving, you know, it's a it's really is another world. So yeah. So Thinking of talking talking about diving, right? So I for me when I go scuba diving, I have to have a special housing for my camera, and special underwater mm. strobes. Is it something similar when you go photographing in caves? Do you need special equipment, or can I just bring in a Canon ESR, a Sony A7R? You know, what do I need specialized equipment to go into the depths of the caves? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, if you're going for a trip, you can certainly take a, a little digital camera and get 
capture some sort of moments. That's what my first photos are like, I guess. Mm. And um, but uh, you, I think the first problem you notice when you start taking photos in caves is you obviously need you need light. You know, there's no light in the cave, obviously. So um, the first thing is that if you use your onboard flash, um, you start picking up moisture. It's, maybe it's the same with diving, but you start picking up moisture. Backscatter, but That's yeah. between the camera and the subject. So yeah. straight away, that's the first thing that has to go. So you have to move all your lighting away from the front of the camera. Uh, you have to do different techniques. Backlighting is a really obvious one. Uh, that's another reason why there's people in my photos. There's usually a, a light hidden behind them. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's... there's a, I mean, you can really use a lot of different equipment some people are happy just to uh some people will like paint that causes problems because you need long exposures and it's, it's hard to stay still in the cave for 20 30 seconds <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. it's, it's cold it's miserable and uh people get grumpy very quick so um so some people but some people have good success with light painting others bring in flash guns and yeah uh, maybe use slaves to, or you know trigger triggers um, slave triggers what is that what they're called yeah <laughs> they yeah, call them yeah. slaves but tri- yeah. you know radio yeah. release um, yeah so um, some people use that I, I use all of this equipment um, I also use flash bulbs um, the old vintage flash flash bulbs and um, I remember. that essentially means you need to put your camera on the bulb exposure put it on the tripod and uh, you're firing these flash bulbs they put out a enormous amount of light and uh give you a really nice warm effect of the cave you know yeah so so Actually, i yeah. sorry no sorry sorry i was just yeah. like so the the equipment that you use is is obviously going to be rugged as much as you can to go down there but let's talk yeah. try talk about what you need to wear like Obviously, you're not going to wear a, a Nike tracksuit pants going down into the cave, and uh, you would, dear. <laughs> you know, and a, a tank top and a wife beater. You know, so what? What? What am I going oh, I to be wearing? <laughs> what am I going to be wearing um, going caving? Well, essentially, um, the yeah, essentially, you want to wear something warm. So um, we wear a kind of onesie as our base layer, one piece for, sort of furry warm yeah. Pe- uh, yeah. suit. And then over that, we wear something very hard wearing. They're typically caving suits that we buy from special manufacturers. They're one piece suits. They're very, very hard wearing. Um, you can get PVC ones that are waterproof that inevitably tear and don't remain waterproof very long, um, <laughs> which are great. But uh, usually, no matter what you do, you get wet, you get cold. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we usually helmet with a light, um, gloves and wellies. We actually wear wellies. It's the most reliable thing to wear in a cave. Um, tried a few other things and you always come back to wellies. So, wow. um, But, um, and then, that, you know, for a lot of caves in Ireland, that's, really all you need and it's actually quite uh, quite affordable hobby to get into but um a lot of caves are vertical um so especially the ones up around fermanagh sligo leitrim they're very vertical in nature so to access them you need to learn a new sort of set of skills and you need to do uh you need to wear a harness and use ropes yeah, and okay. um that's a another step away let's say yeah, but, um, and, yeah, and you know it's it's interesting you say because bringing all that gear down there. Number one for yourself. Number two for yeah. the harnesses, ropes, and safety. And then number three, the camera gear. And we mentioned a couple of items, obviously you're using there. So yeah. you're going down there with the intent in taking the photo. So you've mm. got the gear to allow you to do that. But yeah, you alluded to a moment ago some of the techniques that you would use, and you know, 
possibly people that do portrait photography would understand it from the backlight point of view. Oh, yes. What, are, what other type of things would you use or what other types of techniques would you use or have you taken or learned from landscape that down into the caves, let's just say, to be able to get the shot? Yeah, I guess, I guess the main thing, and this is where it's very similar to landscape, is the thing that it all comes down to is light, you know? Yes. Um, it's really like landscape in that sense, but I always compare it to landscape for the fact that I'm too lazy in some ways to get up at four o'clock and drive out to the coast and wait for a nice sunrise. Uh, I did astrophotography years ago and I lost patience for it and, uh, you know, and sleep, and, yeah. and sleep mainly sleep. Yeah. Usually <laughs> so, sleep, um, you mean? Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's it. Um, so yeah, I, like with landscape, light is your important thing. Um, it's exactly the same down there, but the big difference is, um, you bring in your own light, you know. So you're you're actually using the same techniques as um, as you're using with the sun, you know. Mm -hmm. um, the shots that I'm happier with are the ones where you get you know um, nice contrasts and good detail from side lighting as well as backlighting. Yeah. You can so you're often trying to backlight to bring out the the detail of the cave walls, and then you might if you have this, the actual physical space for it you might be throwing in some very light side lights just to bring up mm -hmm. the textures on people's oversuits and to light up their faces or whatever but um so like that i think it's very much like landscape um you know and there's a few other little there's always a few tricks you can use like um if you use these vintage flash bulbs you're um you're using a long exposure and you can um you can sort of slow down water like with a long exposure yes. above ground you can get that effect but then if you want what you can often do is you can light a cave with these flash bulbs get because they really give you that volume of light and then you can uh you can expose the um any running water you have with a flash gun which will really give you an aggressive um aggressive sort of broken up effect of the water so yeah you can sure. kind of control and it's unusual because you know a photo like that you might expose for two seconds but the length of the exposure is only obviously as long as the light that you put yeah. into it so yeah you can, so, uh, you can manipulate so it, the whole really, place yourself basically like you can do the, the, the whole cave is your oyster and you can do what you want really is can't it yeah exactly yeah but generally it doesn't want to help you out now but uh, <laughs> generally it's got obstacles of all sorts but um but yeah, on a good day, you can do what you want. So tell me this. It'd be interesting. Sorry, Dermot. It'd be interesting to see, like you say there, with the different techniques and coming from landscape. So leading lines are a big part in regards to composition from a landscape point of view. And you're dealing with rocks there, I think, which would be fantastic to have reflect, reflected light coming off of them exactly. as well. So you'll get light and shadow off of those. Yeah. And I think the biggest part then is, and you know, you mentioned about that you've got your whole area to yourself, but you are effectively God, per mm -hmm. se, that you're controlling where the light's going to go. So it's pitch black. So yeah. no matter where, what you decide, if you want to have the most subtle bit of light over on a small rock on the other side that you see with your flashlight, thinking that's going to be a nice anchor in my main image, yeah. bang, then you're that's, done. you've got complete control. I love that idea, you know? Yeah, that's exactly it. And um, you can play a lot with with depth and size. You know, you can you know you can put someone far away in the distance, someone at the front. Um, yes, to, and that it will instantly give you a sense of depth and scale. And sometimes a lot of photos, not just my own, but um, generally in cave photos, a lot of good ones you'll see. Um, you know, you look at it and you go, "Oh, look at that guy standing there," and then you go, "Oh, wow, there's someone way off there." You know, yeah. and they're just 
up and there might be a whole area of darkness in between the two people. And yeah. Things like that give a nice effect and bring out the adventure element of the, you know, yeah, I love the excitement it. Yeah, of I love it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. So let's go to a quick break now, Rob, and uh, we'll be right back okay. after a word from one of our sponsors and let's talk more about Caven because, Darren, I think I might... Uh, found something new to do <laughs> all right so we'll be right back in a minute today's episode is sponsored by o3 as a company with an international reputation for quality and customer care that they are told is second to none they fully understand their obligation to you the customer each suit is manufactured to an established procedure that they have developed and evolved over the years. With their experienced, dedicated team, O3 has grown into the respected dry suit and wetsuit manufacturer and is an established market leader, putting quality neoprene innovation and service at the very core of everything they do. O3, come in from the cold. And you're very welcome back to the Irish Photography Podcast. And we're still here with Robert. And unfortunately, Darren is here also. But let's, <laughs> let's jump into some one of the questions that I was actually going to ask you on the break, and Rob, because I, I, I wasn't messing before we left. It's, it's something I would like to do and it's something I'd love to do and I'd mm. definitely give it a go. So, like, where are the locations in Ireland so for someone especially me to say i'm a newbie to it i want to try it out so i want mm. somewhere safe uh, that i can just kind of dip my toes into and kind of get a taste for it and then can you tell me where's the cream of the crop then in ireland and maybe the cream of the mm -hmm. crop that you went abroad okay um well i guess uh the caves are where they are they're, they're in two main regions and a few other places um so the the, the most well-known region is definitely Clare in the burn. Yes, there's only down the road. a couple of thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's enough to see in Clare above ground. Um, so you'll see on my website. I don't have many photos from Clare because um, I like the burn so much. I never, <laughs> I never get into the caves properly. <laughs> but I hope to change that soon. So, um, cool. so <clears throat> Clare has quite a lot of caves. Um, they tend to be horizontal stream caves in nature, so they you sort of walk into them and sometimes yeah. crawl, obviously. But and they have rivers running through them, and they're they're very pretty. Um, <clears throat> and then the next main area is Fermanagh Cavan, so uh, all along the border, um, okay. up around the Marble Arch caves. You know, um, there's quite a lot of caves up there. Not as many as Clare, but they tend to be more. Um, they're horizontal in many parts, but they tend to be sort of older caves with vertical shafts that lead into horizontal passages. Um, okay. uh, they're the ones that I shoot in most. I used to live up in that area, so um, I was in the neighbourhood as such. And um, and then Sligo Leitrim has a lot of a lot more has more caves still. They're vertical in nature, and then you have a few scattered areas. You have a few in Antrim, small amount in Monaghan. Um, some in Mayo, some in Connemara, and uh, Cork as well has quite a few. I so. just, I bet they're mm -hmm. crap down there. Eh? Cork, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I'd imagine so. I yeah, yeah, they're well, they're well balanced caves. They've got a chip on both. Ah, <laughs> yes, we'll go away with that one. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> well, um, and so I, I, I guess you're asking how, how do you get involved in it? Well, the first thing I'd say is, uh, you know, locations can be found, but you don't want to, you don't want to just walk into these places. They're yeah, very sure. dangerous. They really are dangerous. Um, I mean, if you go in a organized way, um, they're not they're not dangerous at all um but if you walk into it not knowing what it is you could be walking into something um that unknowing to you will flood to the ceiling uh, after a bit of rain and there is caves like that there's caves that'll you know if it if it's raining when you go in or while you're in there it's going to flood to the ceiling and there might be somewhere to hide but there might there might not you know depending yeah. where you are so but you know so cavers know what's caves you just avoid them during bad weather um there's other caves that are loose and can collapse. So there's a lot of various grades of safety and things you have to be aware of. So the best thing, if you're ever interested in caving, the best thing is onto the website caving.ie, and that's um, the Speleological Union of Ireland. They're, they sort of oversee the whole sport, and um, uh, they can put people into contact. They're always keen to get people involved. They can put people into contact with local caving groups and we have everywhere there's caving essentially we have groups there's um there's some caving small caving groups up in Fermanagh there's a good few caving groups Clare Caving Club and in the Burren um there's a new caving club uh I was actually out with them two weeks ago down in Cork um so they've just got going and active so uh they're exploring these caves yeah yeah oh they are yeah um they're exploring caves that people haven't looked at in a while so quite quite a few years and then there's dublin groups dublin caving group so on they will go down to down to uh claire up to fermanagh so and they're very good for beginners as well so it's it's actually easy enough to get into they'll always cater trips to new people you know brilliant it's definitely something to look into so thanks man and out of all those areas, I suppose, really, Robert, have you a favourite? Yeah, I, I think um, Fermanagh, the caves of Fermanagh are my favourite. Fermanagh, Cavan, they, you know, they don't change the board. Um, the, they're my favourite. I like the Ferrisville Caves and um, they excite me most. But do you mean favourite cave or favourite region? or uh, Either or, yeah. Region, I mean, like, you know, yeah. you mentioned a number of regions or is there a, sp- a specific cave then within that area or is, yeah. there, is your favourite cave in a different area altogether then? No, I guess, uh, you know, Fermanagh, that's, those sort of caves are my favourite and, um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a fantastic cave up there I like that uh, consists of two big potholes. One is in Fermanagh, the other is in Cavan and uh, yeah. okay. it's called Paul Tag, Paul Nataga, Paul Prugulisk. It's uh, photos of it on my website. But um, you know, if you if you split your group into two, you can one can go down the Cavan sinkhole, the other can go down the Fermanagh one, um, set up all the ropes and then you you crawl from one into the other through some very very nasty tight passages terrible for bringing camera gear through. Uh, uh, you yeah. you'll hopefully meet the other group in a wider area, not somewhere too tight, or you might literally have to crawl over them as I did. Uh, <laughs> crawl over a few people, and uh, then crawl over me and um, some some big fellas in that group as well. <laughs> and then, oh no, it's going like Robert Mulroney after this one, no, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, and then um, when you get past that sort of bit of torture, you end up at the bottom of another pothole and the ropes are there, so you can actually just escape that way. So that's an incredibly good fun, really, really good fun. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Cool. Superb. But, yeah. 
So, Robert, with all the talk about these caves, and you said your favourite region is Fermanagh, and obviously County Clare, since I'm an honorary Clare man at this stage, where <laughs> is there somewhere that you want to visit, somewhere that you haven't been to yet, and why? I guess, um, I guess the caves I'd like to go to most would be caves of China or the caves of Southeast Asia in general, Thailand, Thailand, Vietnam. These are all the caves that you, you know, that you mainly see photos of on the internet, and they, they're amazing. And they're the caves that you know we don't see anything like that in uh, in Ireland. You know, we've got more miserable caves here. So. Um, but yeah, we've got you know, character. We've years. got character, though. You know, we've got our kids yeah. have character. Oh, oh, they got character, all right. Yeah, um, well balanced. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but I think, uh, yeah, I think you know, you, you know, you, you just want to have a break sometimes and just get the really big, glorious stuff. You know, yeah. So, um, and those southeast, um, southeast Asian caves are big and glorious. You know, they're yeah. they're amongst the biggest pastures in the world. They're they're enormous. You know, the unique sort of. Um, they're unique habitats. They've got trees growing in them and holes in the roof. And so I'd love to see these uh, these sort of places. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like it's it's unbelievable what you can see in those areas. Like uh, like in scuba diving, there's these things called cenotes. I don't know if you know what it means. Oh, yeah, but it's an underwater yeah, cave uh, with yeah. these beautiful kind of oh, it's just these caverns and this the way the rays of light hit the water. And then come down through, and you can. It's the visibility is so clear there. You can actually yeah. see through the water and what's what's beyond it. Well, like you well, know, so. Well, you know, the funny thing with those is, um, I, I've only ever seen. I was in Mexico many years ago, and I saw a couple well before yeah. I was into caving. And the funny thing about those is that they, um, as as clear as they are, once you dive them, I believe, uh, you know, once you go to good depth into them, they actually become very dangerous. Very uh, exactly. Um, visibility becomes very bad you know so they look like heaven to dive in but i think yeah. they're more like hell you know <laughs> well what made my now so. did dive in one of them and he said the reason why he found it dangerous because he didn't realize how deep he was because it was so clear so he could still oh, really? see where yeah. he was supposed to be at the top of the water but because when we when we dive here in ireland the visibility isn't great so you're very conscious about your depth and where you are oh, at all times wow. but when he saw it you know he's using his eyes really to kind of judge it but he should have been using his computer as well oh, but it's yeah. just kind of like oh yeah i can see i'm fucking fairly close but then he realized he's close to fucking 35 meters 40 meters and then yeah. he's like okay now and i need to do some deep stops on the way back up so yeah you just got to be careful you know that's, that's terrifying, yeah. <laughs> and Robert, you mentioned there a moment ago about, you know, the different caves that you have to go through. I, I think that idea going through mm. between, you know, Cavan and Fermanagh and you're meeting in the middle, that's a tight spot. But yeah, how like how big are caves generally? You know, you mentioned there about the, the ones in Asia, which are uh, they're the poster boys, I suppose, really. They're, they're ginormous. They must have yeah. unbelievably beautiful stalactites, stalagmites and everything else that's coming yeah. into the whole thing. But in Ireland... How big are caves generally here? Um, I guess compared to compared to those caves, they're tiny, you know. Um, but you know, you can spend as much time as you want exploring some of these. There's no, we're not stuck. We're not, we're not short. Like, so for example, um, I was just thinking they're like the biggest cave in the world in terms of length, because there's various different ways to measure. The biggest cave in the world would be uh, Mammoth Cave, and that's in the US. Um, and that's that's yeah, and there's one in Cork called the Mammoth Cave, but it's a bit smaller because the one in the US is um is I think it's <laughs> seven hundred kilometers long. 
What? So Seven hundred? Incredible. Yeah, I had to check that before before this because uh, I actually didn't believe it. But yeah, that's true. Wow. So compared to that, in in um in Ireland, our longest cave is Polnagolum, which is in County Clare, and that's um that's sixteen kilometers. But that's Thank still a God. huge cave. That's a huge, huge cave still, yeah. You can um, you can do multiple trips in a cave like that. You can go in one entrance. You can spend six, seven, eight hours there, come back, and then another, wow. the next day you can go in another entrance and spend as much time and not not cross over much, you know. Wow. So, um, wow. That's, so that's kind of length. And then you have, um, I guess, depth. And yeah. uh, the deepest cave in the world would be in Georgia. And... Um, that's 2.2 kilometers deep and that's nearly all vertical um you're literally going down on rope two kilometers that's you know that's an incredible here's a weird question for us all right if it's 2.2 kilometers deep uh, call me stupid but the the only stupid question is when you don't ask does it get warmer the deep you get because you're getting closer to the center of the earth or does it even matter 2.2 kilometers i actually don't know for certain but i think I think it does even in the small amount. I think I think it does get noticeably hot. Um, but then, then you know, the presence of water can really cool down yeah, the cave okay, as well. Yeah. You know, so um, um, so yeah, I'm actually not 100 percent sure about that. But caves like that are so uh, exotic and so they're <laughs> they're so different from what I'd be used to as well. Like I mean, the deepest cave we'd have in Ireland is about 160 meters deep. Um, that's uh, which doesn't sound like an awful lot, but I mean, try climbing up rope for 160 meters, it's fairly, yeah, uh, it's you yeah. know, it's, it's tiring, and uh, it's that sort of depth in the dark looks, you know, even you know, you become aware of, of the depth of something with just after three or four meters, you know, in the cave, yeah. you know, you really notice it. So, you know, um, so tell me, like, like you'd say it's black in some of the caves, mm-hmm. so what, like, I do a lot of scuba diving and i've been in some caves underwater and i was only talking to darren before like i was in a cave there a few weeks back called donegal point in county clare and it's just off george's head there it's an amazing dive site and it's pitch black in there so you need a light but can you tell the listeners what it's like to be above water and tell them what exactly pitch back feels like yeah, I guess um, you don't have to go far and in, far into caves in Ireland to actually be in that. Like you, you could go in twenty meters and actually be in pitch black. Um, okay. <clears throat> less in some cases. Um, yeah, it's strange because it's it's uh, you know when you knock the lights out and you put your hand in front of your eyes, you kind of you expect you're going to be able to see something. You know, mm-hmm. expect your eyes are going to adapt and you're going to see your hand, but you can't. You literally can't. Um, it's it's very peaceful. It's 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 a it's a strange mix of peaceful and mildly terrifying. Um, I was just going to say, do so, not shit um, your pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, like I've been in situations before in caves where I was in maybe an uncomfortable spot, and my life would be knocked off, and it's it's very very uh scary then you know i've uh, i so i used to use a carbide lamp which actually has a little flame on it and i remember about uh being ready to abseil off this ledge and um the, the flame went out and i was just hanging there and it was a cave that i had never been into before in fact people hadn't been into it for 20 30 years and um it was uh it was terrifying you know you suddenly lose all feeling of where you are you know 
Um, but generally, if you go somewhere nice, I had a backup light, thankfully. But um, yeah. if you go if you go somewhere nice and turned off, it's actually quite meditative. You become aware of other things around you. You hear the water, if there is water, okay. you hear it drips. And if you're in in a cave for long enough, you know you you actually get this heightened sense. Um, you you start hearing everything. You know Your you start senses. actually hearing things as well. You know you start hearing people that aren't there. Um, it's well, you hear uh, people that aren't there. Oh yeah, totally. I've been in um, in caves overnighting in caves and things like that, and um, you're there so long, and the, the sounds of the water uh, flowing in the distance. <laughs> you can you really do imagine uh, people oh. are talking in the distance, you know. <laughs> and I thought that was just me being crazy, but it turns out other people do the same occasionally. So it's uh, it's quite a trip, you know. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and actually, you know, two, two things you mentioned there because uh, I've been in a couple of caves, uh, mm. never with my camera, but I've been in a couple of caves, tourist caves, let's just yeah. say. And one that I was in uh, was in Mitchellstown. Oh, yeah. We, did, yeah, we did that test where they turned off the lights, yeah. And they said, Okay, no, you know, you're in pitch dark, and you exactly as you say, you'd expect to see your hand in front, and you're waiting, yeah. there and there's nothing happening. But I was very immediately conscious then of the noise and I could hear the echoes yeah. of the noise and I remember saying to the girl at the time I was like you know the sounds here are crazy it's kind of echoing around all the chambers yeah and she had said to me yeah well they've also done concerts and stuff down here and I went that's oh, right they've done yeah. concerts down here imagine that's what right. that sound like I mean have you ever been to anything like that or experienced any music or sound underneath that really amplifies and elevates the, the whole yeah thing? Actually, yeah, um, I've never been. Mitchell sounded a concerts. I think every year in the summer, um, except this year, obviously. But um, the so I've never been to it. It's I, I'm curious to try it. But uh, what 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 I have done is um, a friend of mine um, up in Fermanagh would put on um, small sort of gigs and caves very small usually just one person with <laughs> you uh, something like that yeah, yeah. and it's it's bizarre, you know? <laughs> yeah. not a rave no yeah we wouldn't get away with that <laughs> but uh usually sort of experimental or ambient sort of music and they'd uh um usually very fairly basic but uh often brought in a little um you know sound system in there and uh wow. played around with it and yeah you, you definitely get um very immersed in it you know the yeah, yeah. sounds Absolutely. bounce off the walls and it's a perfect sort of uh, natural theater for for music you know um as long as you obviously treat it with respect and don't sort of bring a band and all the groupies in and wreck the place but uh you know <laughs> it's uh it can work bag of tins well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bag of, that's my one, bag of Budweiser's. <laughs> but uh, Robert, yeah. I actually have the perfect tool for you for uh, uh, when you do caving the next time. So I got this, <laughs> these little speakers, they're called Brave in Minis. They're waterproof, they're oh, yeah. floating water. So you can literally oh, yeah. strap really? into your camera bag. They cost like only 39 euros. They're unbelievable Gosh. and they're very, very rugged. And they're absolutely really? a gem. So they, they, we used them up that in the secret waterfall. Yeah. yeah, we used them up in the secret waterfall in Darn, where oh, we Donegal. Donegal, that's the one. And oh, yeah. it was perfect. I mean, it was per wasn't it great crack? Like, it was brilliant to have it on the bag. Yeah. It was, and it was pissing rain as well. And you even <laughs> put it into the water. And I was like, what are you doing with the speaker? And you could see it moving out the bubbles in the, in the thing when it first went in Whoa. as well, moving out any air that was reminding it, yeah. remaining in it. That's insane, actually. I must look into it because yeah. it's, it's actually normal in, in the cave community to bring um, music or whatever into caves. If, like a, a lot of trips, it's 
well, not a lot, but many people will overnight in a cave or they might go into a cave and literally start digging, moving stones and soil out to try find new caves, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, they're so used to it, they often bring in music and just, you know, go along on a Wednesday evening after work for an hour or two and tip away at this little that. job. So so it's quite normal to bring music into caves and it's yeah. sort of on big ep- expeditions where people are underground for days on end, it's very, very much the norm, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, brave and mini. Yeah. We need to buy one. Yeah, yeah, it sounds great, actually. Yeah. Oh, that that's brilliant. Okay, look, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back with the final part of this evening's episode. This episode is sponsored by Regatta Great Outdoors. Established in 1981 and in Ireland since the year 2000, Regatta Great Outdoors has a philosophy of producing affordable clothes that look as good on home, on the school run, or for leisure wear as they do out here walking. The brand is very highly regarded for its stylish yet weatherproof looks and is loved by ramblers, amblers, hikers and bikers, campers and gardeners, daily commuters, dog walkers and multitasking mummers urban roamers and outdoor adventures. Regatta Great Outdoors for every adventure. And you're very welcome back to the final part of the Irish Photography Podcast. And Robert, you know, something that we have uh, with all of our guests on the, on the show is we ask them to tell us a funny story. Now that can be a story from a photography point of view or even from your point of view with caving. But across the board, what's your funny story? Um, I was thinking about this and... Uh, there's definitely a lot of funny things that happen in caves, but many of them I can't, I can't tell you. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, no, I was just I was going through some photos here, and I was reminded of a of a time about three three four years ago. Four years ago, I was in southern Albania on an expedition there with an Irish team. We were looking at caves um, down there, and uh, well. We had a we had a few days. I, I had a day off, and I was, we were we were staying in this rural house that we were renting, and um, I had a day off, and I was sort of relaxing, and I decided I'd, I'd go and check out this one little cave around the back of the house, um, uh, and yeah, it was literally you know about three meters from the back of the house, just in the wall behind the house. And um, I was told by the landowner, oh, there's a cave there and it does go on. There is a bit, it's a bit of a cave, but you know, but uh, there's a problem with it. And I said, okay, well, what's, what's that? And he said, um, there's grenades in it. In it oh, in Jesus Christ. And I said, okay, well, I'm not going in there, you know, but um, not that crazy. But uh, so I said, oh, that would make a good photo. Like how often do you get chance to take photos of grenades you know in a cave so i said okay take me there you know so we went out to this cave and it was only slightly bigger than myself you know it wasn't it was a small entrance and i was looking around and he said there you go that's them and i saw these two big very large hand grenades very large world war ii italian grenades and they were big sort of cylinders and they were red the size their fists like are, are bigger are like almost bigger you know um, jesus christ yeah kind of you know very chunky you know and they were from world war Two, and they apparently just sitting there um so yeah so i thought okay i have to get a photo of this so i got the camera out and got my flashes and stuck the flash slaves onto the flash and um put them in, you know, very carefully arranged them around uh, just in the, so I wasn't actually in the cave. It's just my upper torso in yeah. the cave and I put the flashes in there. And, um, so I brought the, I was nervous as, as you can imagine, you know, just being around these things. So I took the camera up to my eye and, uh, took a photo and it was literally bang. And it was like, a. Uh, 
for a second felt like you know that sort of experience of your life flashing in front of your eyes. Jesus Christ! You saw this blinding light and this this enormous bang, and uh, I was told they let out quite a quite a squeal. <laughs> <laughs> all, all it was was my flashes going off, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you thought World War Two started again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the boom of the flash, the sound of it echoing around a little chamber and the, the blinding light that hit me right in the eye and I thought oh my god oh. this is it you know <laughs> so uh, oh my god yeah that's good but, yeah. that's good that's very <laughs> that's good yeah that's good that's yeah. good <laughs> Excellent. So we have a regular spot on the podcast, and allegedly I am the king of gas, right? So I'm kind of stripping my title of that because Darren's been spending a few euro all there recently. But anyway, moving on. So we have uh, people that come on the podcast, and ourselves, we kind of get someone to pick what's called a VSP, very solid product. And what a very solid product is, it gets the gold seal of approval from myself, Darren, or our guests. So what is the one thing for photography that you would use or something related to photography for caving that you wouldn't leave home without? It's the number one thing that you really, really need to use and that you trust by. Well, I actually have to think about this. I um, found it very hard to come up with something because I find taking photos in caves, gear is one of your main issues. Everything is against you, you know. I've lost num- numerous cameras, loads of flash guns. Yeah. Um Nothing has stood the test of time and in that sort of environment. So um, everything fails, disappoints, you know. Um, so uh, I found it very hard to think, but I guess there is one thing, one particular thing that um, stands out to me, and that's actually flash bulbs. These old vintage flash bulbs. There's something they're not really used much for, especially by digital photographers. I mean, they're usually used by film photographers. They're not even made anymore, generally speaking. But um, uh, I, you know, they stopped making them generally in the eighties. But I, that's what that's what I um. I could leave home without them for sure, but I've started using them um, above ground for lighting up things like old churches and in urbex environments and things like that. So I've started using them. They just put out so much light and it's a really dramatic, warm light. And um, I just find that they give a certain characteristic to my photos that I can't, I actually don't know how to get with a flash gun or I, I think can't be got with flash guns, you know, the smallest of these is the size of your thumb or half the size of your thumb. And it puts out the same amount of light as, um, as a regular camera flash, you know, an electronic flash. And the biggest one is bigger than the old fashioned light bulbs. And they put out an incredible amount of light, you know, so when you're backlighting with that, you can really get streaks of light. It's everywhere, you know? Yeah. So high intensity light, like, yeah. Very, very much so, yeah. And to me, that's kind of a defining feature in my photos. And I kind of find it hard not to use them, even though they're they're one, you know, one goal per bulb. So, you know. Cool. So, so yeah, so hang on. So, Dear Midnow is the king of gas, right? So, immediately he's thinking, as number one, he said he wants to go caving. (laughs) Number two, okay, I need to get these. But you said it a moment ago that they're not being made anymore. Is that right? That's right, yeah. And you get one flash per bulb. So, that's effectively... 
self-fulfilling prophecy. They won't be won't be around for much longer, I imagine. So, Jeremy, well, get them quick. <laughs> yeah. Robert has his stock in all of it. He's probably got them in all in his wardrobe. But way out of it. Uh, they're all up, they're all up in the attic. Up I fucking knew it. Of them. Yeah, yeah, they're all mine. Not sharing them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And tell me, you know, like it's fascinating hearing what you're, you know, telling us about in regards to the differences and also the similarities from a photography point of view, from above the ground to underground. Mm-hmm. And it's a completely different uh, environment, a completely different world. And I've really enjoyed, I suppose, you know, learning more about it. So thanks for that, mm-hmm. I suppose, for that insight. You're welcome. Robert. But, Thank you. You know, have you been able to get out during the whole lockdown period of time? And what's next for you? Have you got a, you obviously got going on a trip or have you got, have you got a trip in the planner? Like, so what's next for you now from a caving point of view? Yeah, well, um, yeah, obviously the COVID put a stop to it, um, like with everything else. And as cavers, we have to be responsible to the fact that, you know, you can go off with your friend and go caving, but we have a system in place for uh, a backup system that will sure. see that we're basically essentially rescued, you know, a call-out system that will see rescue crew mobilised to save us if we're not out by a certain amount of time. So, you know, there's a lot of responsibilities. You don't be going out and putting exposing them. Um, so... So that's pretty much ground to a halt. I went, uh, I went caving for the first time, actually first time this year, which is because uh, I, I took a few months off caving um, just before a lockdown happened, which is a terrible oh, decision. Yeah. So, um, so really, Double really whammy. Decision in retrospect, yeah. So I got six months there. I only wanted one or two, but uh, I got six months off. So uh, yeah, so it's slow getting back. You know, I went, I met up with some people down last week down. Tipperary, we had a look at some caves around there and um, uh, hoping to make it down to Clare over the next few weeks and up to Leitrim. So I think it's going to be gradually, bit by bit, with small crew, not meeting too many people. But uh, long term, yeah, long term, got plans. I want to get, um, you know, want to get on international expeditions before, being abroad, doing this before, really enjoy it. It's very intense. You go off for a week or two and explore these new caves and map them and take photos. So I'd like to do that and work towards getting into some big caves and big you know try to get fo- photographing big spaces and, and new mm. environments and yeah so there's there's no end to things to do really you know brilliant yeah. brilliant so yeah, exciting exciting yeah. time you've definitely got time. my attention that's for sure i swear <laughs> to god you really do now because i like to do new things and i like the, oh. the idea of like i do a lot of scuba diving so i can maybe marry one to the other Inexperience yeah. wise, you know, so I kind of, yeah. I never know, it might be a water to a duck's back. Is that the saying? I don't know what the crack is. Yeah. But come here, <laughs> where, if, yeah, that's the one. So, like, and if there's someone else that wants to know more about caving and wants to know more about Robert Mulrani, uh, where can we find that? Well, um, I guess for caving to go to a place really, because there's not that many cavers in Ireland, it's a relatively small thing. So caving.ie is a go-to point for all the information from the Speleological Union of Ireland. They cover all the different groups. And uh, for me, um, yeah, I've got this website up. I've had it up a number of years, but um, it's been revamped. Um, My partner helped me, gave me, actually pretty much revamped it herself. It's uh, cavesofireland.com. It looks 
pretty nice, quite pleased with it. Um, actually, it looks great. But um, so that's that's basically where I present my stuff. I'm on Instagram as well, Caves of Ireland. You can find me there. It always comes back to the website. So um, got loads of updates. I'll be throwing up uh, pages on the expedition to India with lots of wow, lots of good photos there. So yeah, that should be going up soon. So that's awesome. So yeah. will you make sure to do some Insta stories so in those caves and take us along with your on your trip so we can all experience it vicariously through you. Oh, of course, yeah. Follow along with it, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'd love to see it. Excellent, excellent Brilliant. stuff. So, listen, Robert, I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation with you this evening. I think it's been fascinating, you know, to, to learn more about it. Thanks very, very much for uh, coming oh. on, you know, and I urge our listeners to go find out more and go look at Caves of Ireland, I suppose, oh. and see the beauty that you're able to capture when you're done. Yeah, so, thanks very much for having me. It's been great. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much Thanks. for listening. And Moss here, Slonga Fall. Hey, yo. Thanks, Ed. Hi. Hey, guys. If you dig what you're hearing, why don't you jump over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts? Give us a five star rating and don't forget to share with your friends. With all that done, we'll see you next week. And remember, keep shooting.